0: John, this morning, uh, for a couple reasons. Uh, For one, I I knew that we'd be a little more pressed for time today, and uh, we got the meal coming afterwards, and everybody's excited about that. And uh, figured I may. My goal is to to not go quite as long, maybe as I normally do. And you all are like, "Yeah, right. Uh, You you know me better than that." I think one of the strategies is let's let's rope the preacher into singing. So that way maybe his voice won't be quite as strong and maybe, uh, maybe he won't preach as long. So uh, that's uh, maybe a ulterior motive there. But Philippians chapter 1, this morning we're going to look at verses 18 through 26. The uh, message is entitled, Strong Minds for Hard Times. We talked about all of the, the work that's been done uh, on the facilities and grounds and how proud we are of that, a lot of volunteer work. and. Howard always says, if you want to volunteer to help here, you need strong backs and weak minds. And uh, y'all are laughing because you've heard him say that on several occasions. We need some strong backs and some weak minds. But today's message is about the necessity of having a strong mind. A strong mind in difficult days. And we do that not by just trying to, to, to make ourselves strong. We do that by focusing on the gospel, reminding ourselves uh, who God is and what he's done for us in Christ. Because we know we all face hardships, don't we? Today, as you sit here today or as you listen today, uh, you may be dealing with some, uh, some physical struggles some pain or some illness that you're dealing with. Uh, Maybe it's financial problems, emotional, personal issues. Whatever the case may be, we all go through these things. And then you combine all that with the nation's spiritual condition today, and you look in our own community, and you look at our nation, and you see how things are are progressing, and we can't help but but getting a a little discouraged by these things. And our mind begins to to focus on, on the wrong and not focus on who God is and what God is doing all around us. And the Apostle Paul shows us today how we are to do that, to look beyond your present struggles and find joy in the unstoppable gospel. To look beyond your, your present struggles and we all go through them and maybe you are right now or maybe one is on on the verge of coming your way. Look past your present struggles and find joy in God's unstoppable gospel. I want to invite you to stand if you're able right now out of reverence for the reading of God's holy word. I'll be reading from Philippians chapter 1 at the end of verse 18. These words written by the Apostle Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit. Yes, and I will rejoice, for I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayers and the provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. According to my earnest expectation and hope, that I will not be put to shame in anything, but that with all boldness, Christ will even now, as always, Be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. But if I am to live on in the flesh, this will mean fruitful labor for me. And I do not know which to choose, but I am hard-pressed from both directions, having the desire to depart and be with Christ, for that is very much better." Yet, to remain on in the flesh is more necessary for your sake. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that your proud confidence in me may abound in Christ Jesus through my coming to you again. Let's pray. Father, we rejoice today for so many reasons as we think about the past and, God, all that you have done and, the Lord, all of the work that's being done even today and the, and the visions and the plans that lay before us, God, and, and so many exciting things. God, this is a, a wonderful time to be alive, a wonderful time to be a Christian. But Father, we know we deal with struggles. We know pain and sorrow is real. And we don't uh, pretend to turn a blind eye to these things. But, Lord, what we learn to do, I pray, uh, Father, is look beyond these present circumstances and find joy in your gospel, because, God, it is unstoppable. Father, speak to us through your word, and may your will be done accordingly. We ask in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. So today we find the Apostle Paul in prison, of all places. He's been put in jail because he was preaching Jesus. And, and and what? how do we find Paul there reflecting on his situation is he discouraged is he depressed does he feel like God has abandoned him because it would be easy to do that would it not you're, you're preaching the gospel you're being faithful to Jesus and then you find yourself put in jail for it you would think no you know, God would, would not allow that to happen to me I serve him faithfully but Paul is not depressed he's not discouraged no he's filled with joy We say, how in the world is Paul able to maintain joy in that situation? Because for Paul, his focus was always on the Lord and what God was doing. Look at verse 12. He says, now I want you to know, brethren, that my circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel. Yeah, I'm put in jail, but God is using me being in jail for good. There are things that are happening because I'm in jail that would not have happened. There are souls that are being saved. There are disciples that are being made because, God, you put me in jail. So for Paul, it was never about the circumstances. It was always about the Savior. And we know we've got an enemy who wants to rob us of our joy. He has come to to steal and to kill and destroy but Christ has given us His joy, and that in Him our joy may be complete. So Paul had faith in God and faith in God's Word, but what about you? What about you? For Paul, it was about advancing God's kingdom 24-7. That was Paul's priority. So if we're going to follow in Paul's example, we need to determine, first of all, to be faithful. We're going to have strong minds. We need to determine right now. Make up your mind. You're going to trust God and you're going to stick with God. And you're going to persevere with God. Determine to be faithful. And like Paul, we can rejoice with certainty. Rejoice with certainty. In verse 18, Paul says, What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in this I rejoice. Paul was was joyful because christ was being preached he said now there are some people that are doing it for the wrong reasons and the wrong motives he says but as long as the gospel's going forth really that's what matters the most and paul found joy in what god had done in the past in what god was doing now and then paul says yes and i will rejoice he's paul's already rejoicing for what god's going to do in the future Paul already made his mind up that no matter what happens, I'm going to rejoice. I will rejoice over what has not even taken place yet. So we need to resolve to live in supernatural joy. Now, let thing about circumstances. Our emotions, our feelings, they betray us because we get down, we get discouraged, things don't go the way we like and, and we're not happy and, and joy is not happiness. Joy is supernatural joy. You can have joy through the sorrow because God sustains you and the Spirit is there, the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace. If you've got the Holy Spirit, the, the potential for joy is inside you already. So rejoice with certainty. I will rejoice and that certainty sustains you in difficult times, like it did Paul in prison. But next we need to rely on the church rely on the church verse 19 Paul says I will rejoice for because here's the, here's the ground of his argument I will rejoice because I know Paul said I, I, I am uh, sure of this Again, I am certain I know that this will turn out for my deliverance Paul was in jail he's, he was praying that, you know, he could get out of jail go visit the, the Philippian folks he's writing to That was his goal to go there and and continue ministry with them. And he knows that he will be delivered. But more importantly, he knows that God will deliver him ultimately to his heavenly home. So no matter what happens, and that's kind of the theme of this no matter what happens, God's in control. I trust him and I find joy in that. So he says in, in, in verse 19 I know this will turn out for my deliverance. How? Through your prayers through your prayers Paul uh, understood the importance of the body of Christ he understood uh, the importance of of prayer Paul coveted their prayers Paul the apostle the the great giant of the faith he constantly told his churches pray for me I need your prayers and if Paul needed the prayers of the church so too do you and, and me now I covet your prayers. I do. When you all tell me you pray for me, I can't tell you how, how excited that makes me. And and there are times I literally can feel your prayers. Working on a passage throughout the week and, and just kind of feeling stuck and suddenly there's a breakthrough. And, and to me at that point, I think, well, somebody in the church is praying for me and praying for the sermon. So thank you for that. Rely on the church. Don't try to do this on your own. Don't be self-sufficient. You need help. You need the help of your brothers and sisters in Christ. And Paul said, I will be delivered through your prayers. Paul prayed for them, and Paul says, you're praying for me, and God's going to answer them prayers. So you rely on the church. You also need to rest in Christ rest in Christ because it was Paul says according to verse 19 my deliverance through your prayers and the provision of the spirit of Jesus Christ you see it was the prayers of the saints and also the provision of the spirit Paul says God's going to do great things through your prayers and through the spirit we looked at John 14 last week and and Jesus said the father will give you the spirit to be with you and he will be in you so the presence of the spirits and the prayers of the saints. We need humanly help and we need heavenly help. We need our brothers and sisters praying for us. We need the, the, the provision of the Spirit. And Paul here understood the importance of that. He says, through your prayers and the provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation and hope, Paul was looking through the circumstances. He said, my expectation and my hope is this, that I will not be put to shame in anything. Not that he's saying, you know, I don't want to feel guilty for for sin because that's true. We do. Conviction settles in, but I think Paul's emphasis here is that his, his desire is to do the work of Christ and if somehow he falls short of doing what Christ wants him to do, there's shame in that. He wants to glorify Jesus. And he says, according to verse 20, that I will not be put to shame in anything but that with all boldness, Christ will even now as always be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. Paul's concern, his motivation was to glorify Jesus. He wanted to exalt Jesus Christ. Anything short of that, he felt like would be shame. And then he says, speaking of life or death, Verse 21, For because to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. You know what we, call that? we call that a win-win situation. Amen. That means I've got Jesus in life and I've got Jesus in death. It doesn't matter what happens to me. To live is Christ. It's Christ living in me and through me. And to die is gain. The word gain there is a financial term. It means you make an investment. You make a deposit. You put money in a trust. It builds interest. That interest then is your gain. Paul says, I am investing in the kingdom of Christ and because of that investment there is interest being earned and there is gain. For to me to live is Christ. That's the investment. To die then you reap the gain. You reap the interest and the reward. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Yesterday I had the opportunity to to preach a funeral went back to uh, my former church once again uh, for the second time in the last few weeks uh, lost a, a former church member there and uh, it was Miss Carolyn West and Miss Carolyn always stands out to me she was I think 63 uh, when she uh, came and made a public profession of faith in Christ and followed through with believers baptism and the reason why that's significant because she almost drowned as a child and was was. Literally petrified of water, but she said, "I want to honor Christ. I feel like he, he he's calling me to be baptized." She said, "Now, Pastor, I don't know what in the world's going to happen when you begin to dunk me under that water." She said, "But I feel like that's what God wants me to do. For her to live was Christ, and to die is gain. And that's a very important uh, message for not only funerals. I did reference that verse yesterday." But it's also an example of being faithful now in our lives. To live is Christ. Be faithful now. Look beyond the circumstances and say, I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to serve the Lord because there is a reward that is to come, but I ain't there yet, so I'm going to continue to be faithful. Make up your mind determined to be faithful. Finally, determined to be fruitful. Determined to be fruitful. Because you are faithful, you want to bear fruit. For Christ, you want to bring forth uh, works uh, for the Lord. you want to continue working for Jesus with the time you have left. And you're thinking about heaven, you think about the place He's preparing for you. I preached on that a few weeks ago. and that is uh, awesome, but don't forget there's still work to do. He ain't done with you yet. And so determine, I'm going to be fruitful and make your desire your Savior. You want to desire your Savior like the Apostle Paul. He says in verse 21, for me to live is Christ, die as gain, but if I am to live on in the flesh, this will mean fruitful labor for me. I will bear fruit for Jesus. I, I will not only bear fruit in my, in my character, the fruit of the Spirit, also in my conduct, in my works, in my ministries, in my efforts for Jesus. I will present to Him an offering of fruit, fruitful labor for me. And he says, and I do not know which to choose. Live as Christ, die as gain. And He says, I, I'm, I'm kind of I'm, I'm at a place here. He says, verse 23, I'm hard-pressed from both directions. The old saying between a rock, and a hard place. On the one hand, to live is Christ; die is gain. And he said, "Really, if dying is gain, I'm I'm better off to go be with Jesus." That's the way he says, Having the desire to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. The word "depart," there was a, a sailing term. It means you know you you're, you're tied up on the dock there and. You, and Boy, show my ignorance for, for, for boating whatever you do when you, when you take the rope and you undo it and you cast, you cast off Paul says that's, that's the metaphor there I desire to depart and be with Christ for that is far better it's not that he's saying man my life stinks so bad I hate life on earth I can't wait to just escape this reality And there's some people that think along those ways some philosophers even in Paul's day even today and that's not what he's saying He's saying, hey, life is good. I rejoice now. He says, but I desire to depart, to cast off, set sail, to leave one shore line and arrive at a very different one that's very much better. Is that our attitude about death? If you're like me, we're guilty of this. We'll say to somebody, how you doing? Well, I'm 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 upright. You know that beats the alternative. You know, and we we kind of joke around that. But you stop thinking think, as a Christian, that ain't right. <laughs> it ain't right. The alternative is to be with Christ, for that is very much better. Amen. And if that's your mindset about death, then it's not something that we need to fear. Now we might fear dying, but we don't need to fear death because we arrive on the other side. It is through death, Paul says. I desire to depart with be with be with Christ, which is very much better. I say, well, what does Paul think about the return of Jesus and the rapture? And you know, that's not Paul's concern right here. His concern right now is like, if I die, so what? I'm better off. But he says, even though he desired his Savior, he, like us, needs to delight in your service. Delight in your service. You know, Paul wanted to go to Jesus. But even more so, Paul wanted to glorify Jesus. I want to go to Jesus for for selfish reasons. He said, I'd much rather be with Christ. I love y'all and everything, Paul says, but you know, if I got to choose between hanging out with y'all and hanging out with the Lord, I'm going to take the Lord. I desire to be with Christ as far better yet to remain on in the flesh, to live as Christ is more necessary for your sake. Paul says, for selfless reasons. Even though to be with Christ is far better, but for your sake, I want to remain on in the flesh. Convinced of this, I know, once again I know, that I will remain and continue with you all. Second person plural, y'all. I'll remain and continue with y'all for your progress enjoy in the faith. Paul wanted to see them progress. He wanted to see them grow. He wanted to see them come to joy because Paul had that joy and Paul wanted to instill that in others. It's called making disciples. Paul wanted to see people get saved, but he also wanted to see them progress in the faith and in joy. And that excited Paul as he thought about ministry and he thought about church and church involvement It excited him. He says, So that your proud confidence in me may abound in Christ Jesus through my coming to you. Paul says, I want you all to have proud confidence not in me or in yourselves, but in the Lord. Look what God can do. Even though Paul was in prison, he said, I pray that Christ will deliver me. I'll come to you. I'll keep working with you. I'll disciple you. Your faith will grow. Your joy will grow. And Jesus gets the glory. And for Paul, that was exciting. Yeah, the circumstances. He thought, you know, this stinks. I'm in prison. What can I do? But I'm going to pray that God gets me out of here. But even if He don't, off with my head, which happened to Paul some years after the fact, to live is Christ, to die is gain. So Paul's confidence was in Jesus and what God can do. So like Paul, we need to look beyond the present struggles and find joy in the unstoppable gospel that God is faithful according to verse chapter 1 verse 6 that Paul says he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it so look beyond the present circumstance the enemy wants to beat you down he wants to trouble you he wants to discourage you he wants to make you feel like God's abandoned me woe is me and, and Paul says look beyond the present circumstances Find joy that no matter what, God's in control. No matter what, the kingdom of Christ is expanding. And no matter what, souls will be saved. Disciples will be made. Find joy in that. Thousands of years, people have been trying to stop the gospel. I mean, kings, philosophers, politicians, you name it. And they've all failed. They've all failed. Consider... uh, pastor john bunyan in the 17th century of england he was a preacher but he wasn't sanctioned by the state as a preacher so therefore he was put in jail like paul and while john bunyan was in in prison he began to to preach through the prison bars outside the window and people would come far and wide and they would gather outside that jail and listen to bunyan preach and the jailers caught on to that and we're like, were they're like, no, we can't be having that. His, his outreach is growing even though we put him in jail. So they put him in the dungeon. No windows. Put him in a dark dungeon by himself, isolated all alone. You would think Bunyan at that point, he would give up hope, wouldn't he? But it was while he was in that dungeon he wrote a book. The book's called Pilgrim's Progress. Detailed, a a, a Christian leaving the city of destruction and journeying towards the celestial city. And that book became the second uh, second best-selling book of all time, only behind the Bible. So God used that circumstance, put Bunyan in that prison, to preach, not only preach, but to write a book that would go all over the world. And it was that book my son Jaden was studying at school when he began to feel the Holy Spirit stirring his heart and his affection for Jesus, all because this man was put in jail and put in a dungeon and left to rot. Countless souls have been saved and impacted through that book. So you never know what God's doing in your life, your situations, your sorrows, your struggles, how God can take those. He's not not gave up on you, folks. He's not going to leave you or forsake you, no matter what you're dealing with. And we deal deal with some stuff. Let's be honest. We deal with stuff. But he's not abandoned you. He's with you. And he can use that circumstance like Paul, like John Bunyan, for the furtherance of the gospel and the glory of Jesus. And Paul says, with that in mind, to live as Christ, to die is gain. Heavenly Father, I'm yours. Use me for your glory. And so, like Paul, also we need to make up your mind to magnify your Master. Make up your mind right now. Strong minds. Determine. Determine to be faithful to the Lord. Determine to be fruitful for the Lord. Make up your mind to magnify your Master. You need to fix your eyes. You need to fasten your heart on the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we come to you at this time with parts and in many ways that are weary and and heavy laden god but christ says come to me all of those in that situation and i will give you rest so lord we we, we flee to jesus at this time we flee to him for for truth for comfort for forgiveness of sin for hope of eternity We flee to Jesus because He is the only option that works. We flee to Christ. Even though the the world is shaky and unstable, Christ is that solid rock, that rock of ages who has always been there, always faithful. We dare not build our lives on shifting sand but rather like the wise man upon Jesus Christ and His words, His teaching, His life, death, resurrection, that solid rock. Father, continue working in in our midst today. I know, Spirit, You are moving. Your Word has been preached. and I know, God, You are doing a, a, a mighty work. And so, Lord, we pray today for salvation. We pray for other decisions that You may lay upon hearts today. So we come to you with gratitude. Thank you, God, for saving sinners like us. Thank you for sustaining sinners like us. And thank you, God, for the glory that awaits saints like us who have been saved and set apart and sealed for your glory. We pray this, Lord God. pray this, Lord Jesus. We pray this, Holy Spirit, in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. If y'all would stand at this time, we'll have a hymn of decision.